0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Berlin hosting this episode together with my better half, prenatal psychologist, Dr. Alyssa Berlin. Our guest today is a writer, actress, brutally honest, stand-up comedian, and she recently landed the mother of all supporting roles with the arrival of her baby boy, Jean Attel Fisher, after a challenging pregnancy with a condition called hyperemesis gravidarum. Amy Beth Schumer, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I would say thank you so much for having us. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. We are at my place. <laughs> We're here at your joint. Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. Let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? Right around here.
1: Yeah, I was born at Lenox Hill Hospital on the Upper East, and then grew up mostly on Long Island, and went to school in Baltimore, and then made my way back to Manhattan. Oh, yeah.
0: What did you study? Theater. Oh, did you know early on that that's what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I always knew. I I played volleyball kind of seriously. Ah, (laughs) me too. Okay, cool. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, it was
0: volleyball and theater.
2: I was going to say volleyball to theater. That's yeah. an interesting jump. Well, <laughs> yeah. you did
0: dance, volleyball and dance. Sure. Oh. Amy,
2: was there some dance mixed in there?
1: <laughs> Only in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not uh, no one has ever encouraged my dancing, I'll say is
0: that. Is theater in the family? Like, how did you get turned on to theater?
1: Um, music, is it, there's musicians in my family. My grandpa was a big trumpet player, and my hmm. grandma, they both met in the military, Um she was an aircraft engineer, and and he was an aerial gunner, and they met doing Damn Yankees, hmm. cool. which there you know was like putting on a play. I don't know. So <laughs> performers um, in the blood. Yeah, there's some there's some performing.
0: And, are you? How are you with gunning?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Your... Yeah, it's not my main focus. <laughs> I would not, say. Okay. Yeah. Because there's
0: <laughs> gunning in the family. too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was it always comedy for you?
1: I was performing. I was doing plays when I was five. Whoa. And, uh, At the yeah. dinner table? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was doing like actual productions. Um, I just wanted to perform, yeah, like since I was little. And then, and just always knew I was going to do that. I didn't have like a backup plan or anything. And my parents were really encouraging. That's and, awesome. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. But they, uh, they filled me with too much confidence, I would say. Because I think for anyone to make it as a comic or an actor, you have to be pretty Delusional just because you have to fail for so long, usually. Ooh,
0: yeah, you have to knock <laughs> on so many doors and, ag- yep. and as if this is going to be the one. This is it, they right. slam it in your face, so and many false starts, it and yeah. do it again. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: it, a lot of no's before you hear that one, yes. Yeah, and then that one yes doesn't actually matter, and you go back to the note. Yeah, it's a long process, and it statistically doesn't work out for a That's lot it. of people.
2: Talk about impact on self, self-esteem, self-identity. It's true. To have the wherewithal to take that all in and still pursue and go forward.
1: My parents really made me confident. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: you, Sounds like they gave you a super tough shell. What? Sounds like they gave you a super tough shell.
1: That was life. That, that was, was life. <laughs> life gave you a super life tough shell. Life gave me a super tough shell, but, but they, yeah. I want to know the secret of that great self-esteem. From my parents? Yeah. Uh, they just really thought I was, like, amazing. Well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out they were dead right. They were right. Um <laughs> Yeah. Like, I just felt so loved and everything I would do. And they would give me attention. And I would mm. want to put on shows and just tell stories. And they were, you know, god-awful. My dad filmed a lot of it. Yeah. We big into home videos. And when we watched them, you know, I was they must have been just dying with how boring it was but
0: yeah no
2: you know what somehow when it's your kid it's your kid it, you want to hear just it it's a different experience yeah.
0: sometimes i don't know but like the ninth magic show <laughs> yeah you know, yeah it gets a little I hear the that. smiles gets a little harder but but uh-huh. i agree
2: with you i think it is it's that unconditional love that yeah. just takes
1: you far i mean it, i think it's every sports biography or whatever it's <laughs> always true. like let me guess was your dad hard on you like it's you know so it can go either way That's I true. just I was so like loved and encouraged by my parents and I mean we ran into major problems later but just as a kid
0: I felt super it was good, good. Sure. I mean it sounds weird because comedy especially usually is like tragedy plus time but it sounds like no a, there
1: was a lot of tragedy oh thank god yeah I mean, oh god yeah. please no it It'd was be very hard sh- hit the fan excuse me no i speak Um, french it uh (laughs) it you know i had a lot of hardships and so did my family but i always felt like i was more than enough for my parents you know that's really sweet that's huge
0: i mean how did you because theater is different than stand-up comedy yeah did you train in stand-up comedy just go out there and try it one day
1: i don't think there is training for stand-up i i guess there's some classes but you know i majored in college and that's really a true waste of time yeah i just think <laughs> if you just read a lot of theater history books and some plays and you do not need to go to college mm. for theater i hear that um i totally hear that and, take uh, no kids yeah okay guys skip it <laughs> um skip those student loans for no reason <laughs> and it oh, was just yes. you know reading That's a lot of money you know we would spend like a day or a week on the different sort of methods and i really liked meisner mm-hmm. that was the technique and so I studied at the William Esper Studio with William Esper, where you really get trained as an actor. And while I was starting there, I started stand up and just trying it and open mics and shows, right, to bring audience members. And so my sort of training in both, yeah, happened at the same time.
2: And what was it about stand
1: up that captured your heart? I just fell in love with it. Like, I really like to work hard and the, um, The work ethic you need to have to succeed in stand-up is, you know, in a real kind of sustainable way is, it's real. It's, and you know, jokes are almost like equations. And so to figure out the equation and then move on to the next one while maintaining that other one, it's, it was just a formula and a process that I just fell in love with and got addicted to.
0: You have this also brilliant way of organizing your comedy so that you hit a topic hard and then I think you're done with it and you're just starting. (laughs) Then it's like, okay, we're going to up it up a notch. And that takes a lot of like almost playing chess with it.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think that I learned that sort of technique from bombing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really it's like people would not laugh and feel I think a little offended by a joke. And you know, once you just hit bottom so much on stage, you stop feeling it, right. and you're not worried about it. And I think once you're more at ease, the audience is more at ease. So it became, oh, you didn't like you didn't like that, and that offended you. Well, this is the real punchline, which is so much, so more, much more offensive worse. than what you initially <laughs> yeah. thought. That's right. Yeah,
2: it's kind of like you're gonna cry. I'm gonna give you a reason to mm-hmm. cry, right? You're gonna be mm-hmm. offended. Well,
1: let me help you out yeah. here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have from live theaters? I I love doing live theater. I was a drama major as well. And, oh, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, my favorite parts of live theater are when things don't go right. Of course. Because, Nothing better. Yeah, like there's no take two. You just yeah. go with it and ho- hope the audience doesn't realize. Yeah. You, any major flops for you?
1: I mean, a lot. Sure. And I I love that stuff. And especially with stand-up, you're so allowed to address what's going on to right. men. Now when I do any sort of a play or something, it's really hard not to. Like I, I still do. I did a Broadway show two years ago, it was a Steve Martin play, and I would just, in the middle of like a monologue, I would just turn to the guy in the front row, and I'd be like, I can't believe you're eating peanut m and <laughs> 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 I can't believe you're doing it, you uh, know? You break
0: the wall. I break the
1: wall. Oh, but that's great. It's, but it's, you know, if it were like a heavy, if it was like Angels in America, I don't think I would. But yeah. it's just like an hour comedy. It, right.
0: it lends itself better. Yeah, I oh, think and- it was part of the experience, I hope.
2: Yeah, I know people love being a part of it, and being drawn in like that. <laughs> yeah. That guy went home a very happy man. That's I don't true. know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's probably self conscious about peanut M&Ms. Well, he should be. He might be a front
1: row. Hello. M&Ms? Yeah. Seriously.
0: He's probably got something softer now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how'd you meet Chris?
1: He's a chef, and his sister was my assistant. And they're from Martha's Vineyard. And I was on the vineyard with my family, mm-hmm. and we needed a chef. And um, my now sister in law was like, my brother's a chef, and we became just friends, just friendly and I just thought he was so cute and he's a chef, you know, and I was just like, this guy's probably like has a curls <laughs> around the block and mm-hmm. and then I got to know him and like maybe six seven months later, it was just clear we we both liked each other, and we got together and have not looked back. That's really sweet. How yeah. long has it been now? We've been married about two years, wow. yeah,
0: How long were you together before you got married
1: like Six months. Oh, great. The six, seven months. Wow,
0: you really knew. Like, boom, this is it.
1: I'm 38, honey.
0: Oh, (laughs) I hear you. Yeah.
2: So, that being said, did baby pick timing or did you pick baby? Yeah,
1: we were trying. We were trying for a couple months, like three months, you know. We got married February, March, April, May, June. I got pregnant five months after we were married. I was going to do this movie where I played a boxer. Mm -hmm. So... I couldn't be... What?
0: Yeah, I'm just picturing the.
1: Yeah, so I was like, I can't be pregnant. So we were like, okay, well, I'll go back on birth control after I get my period this time. And I didn't get it. Oh.
2: (laughs) No boxing movie, happened. No boxing movie,
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Pregnancy instead. How did you find out?
1: It was like, I really wasn't even thinking I may be pregnant. I had been being so mean to Chris. (laughs) And we were actually at the Seinfeld's house. And... He was going somewhere, and I was like, can you also get me a pregnancy test? <laughs> just, it was just, I mean, really, it was like, did not think I was pregnant. I just, like, wasn't feeling good. And, right. And I took it. I didn't even tell him I'm going to take it. Like, it wasn't, you know, I've taken them before. And, yeah, and it lit
0: Was right it up. one of those ones that says pregnant or yeah it It says no mistake yeah you don't have to worry about the the lines lines. that's okay we
1: actually and then he had got more it's a two-pack and so we yeah so we took (laughs) yeah and so there were some lines i kept those tests which is kind of disgusting and i went downstairs and i was like chris and you know we just and we just stared at each other like with our mouths open like we couldn't believe it it was so exciting and then just we called our siblings and...
0: Oh, right straight away. away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we called our siblings and actually I went to my gynecologist that day. Yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't know about the rules of like, don't tell anyone. I didn't know anything. So... You know, I would tell people and they'd be like, I don't think you're supposed to tell anyone yet.
0: (laughs) Makes Uh, them uncomfortable because you're still in the woods.
2: I know. But you know what? But you have the right idea because it's that first trimester that you need people. Yeah. So I don't know why we played the whole cloak and dagger dance. It's
1: so, I mean, mostly all of my friends have had a miscarriage. Mostly all of them. And they all have gone on to have children. Yeah. And so I do understand that that being a part of it, but... Even with my gynecologist, it was kind of this like, don't get excited yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, and that's, I don't know that, I mean, I'm sure that there's a method to that, but um, I was like, I'm just going to be excited and yeah.
2: Well, and here's the thing. I imagine those friends that had miscarriages, did they not lean on you when it happened?
1: They did.
2: That's what I'm saying. So we're quiet, you know, out of that concern of a miscarriage, but then we lean on people and we tell everyone after the fact.
1: So, yeah, so so why not? Right.
0: Yeah, it's just not done, so it seems a little shocking. Right. Most people waited months, oh. you waited minutes. Yeah. I think it probably wasn't <laughs> totally right. dry yet. Not
1: <laughs> even minutes. Oh, yeah. But um, I the no, line I'm, was still coming in. No, I like, tweeting <laughs> right. about it. I
0: love how nobody just does one test. You can't do just one. you got to do. Test.
1: And there's no false positives. Not when it's right. just pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: <laughs>
2: Right. Which yeah. they didn't have those when we first have started having kids. Yeah. And like no. those are a trip. Oh, yeah. You're
0: holding <laughs> yeah. it up into the light. And then if you wait too long, it gets it super dark. Oh, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. No, it's, now it's very clear.
2: But you yeah. know what? I think that in the birthing world, if we break a few more of those rules, we'll be in a better shape. A whole
0: Absolutely. lot better. Absolutely.
2: Yeah.
1: I I really, I know it has comforted my friends who are having miscarriages that, right. that it does happen so much. Right. Because. Yeah you know you think is something wrong with me you know right. you just your mind just goes to the worst places and it's like this happens all the time for
0: sure was the uh couple of months that you were trying stressful for you or You just rolling with it
1: no just no it? yeah I I'd, I'd never been pregnant and i thought something must be wrong with me i mean i've always been pretty good about birth control because i had really bad periods growing up and so i was put on birth control like before I was even sexually active in like seventh right. grade, but there were times I wasn't on birth control, and but I never even never. had a scare, yeah,
2: which is awesome. Lucky. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I just assumed that I wouldn't be able to have kids because I'd never been pregnant before, and like all so of my friends been pregnant. that's the other side pregnant. of it, that's right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, well, turns out you did have a kid. We're I did. Take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back to find out more about your pregnancy. <laughs> welcome back to the informed pregnancy podcast we're talking to amy schumer let's jump to the bump so when you decided you want to get pregnant did you start to do a whole bunch of research about pregnancy did you have friends who were pregnant did you know what you're getting into
1: we did no research and we just had sex
0: so a little research well you went old school
1: i like it <laughs> yeah no we just uh we were like let's just try by just having sex um as opposed I to I think we assumed well I mean I <laughs> think we assumed because I was in my late thirties and I'd never been pregnant that right. maybe that we would need some assistance or something. But we were very, very lucky. And yeah.
2: And it's interesting, I find quick. that. The ones who are not expecting it, it happens really quickly. Yeah. And the ones who are
1: like, Oh, it's gonna be a piece of cake,
2: unfortunately yeah. mm, ends up it down a very a different path. Yeah. 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 When
0: did you start having symptoms?
1: I think pretty quickly. Because, I mean, just being off birth control, I have since found out that I have endometriosis uh, and adenomyosis. So being off birth control was really tough on my body. Sure. And so I was in pain. I was in a lot of pain. And I just... Cramping pain? Cramping and just kind of radiating, like just kind of pain like throughout my body. Hmm. And I just was emotionally just depressed for, for probably, you know, a couple weeks and was just taking it out on my husband, and yeah, and then... then how was Chris
2: with everything?
1: <laughs> he was great. I mean, with how awful my pregnancy was, he was basically my home attendant and had to keep me alive, and he handled it really well. We had couples therapy, and she was incredibly helpful to us, too. He's on the spectrum, and she's his psychologist, yes. Who diagnosed him, and she's also our couples therapist, and she was just really helpful during the pregnancy. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm a big fan. And without even knowing it, you were doing some prep work. Oh yeah, you know, we'll get to later. Yeah, we
1: were doing prep work. Yeah, for parenthood and also our relationship. We, We wanted to take it
0: seriously. You had hyperemesis gravidarum, which is very different than "quote unquote" morning sickness, <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't know that yeah. there's a difference. When did you start feeling the nausea and vomiting? Did it come on slow or did it just hit you over the head?
1: I was feeling really good. I, I like once I knew I was pregnant and that whatever the like pain that I was feeling, I just didn't care. I was just excited, and I was feeling pretty good. And then at five weeks. Between five and six weeks. I had three days where I felt like I had the flu, but I didn't vomit. And then I think on the third or fourth day, I vomited and I was still pretty excited. Sure. Like, you're throwing up because I'm pregnant. <laughs> and, That's uh, right. The first one's very cute. Yeah. We documented my pregnancy, which is going to come out on oh, HBO. Oh, you filmed it? Yeah, we filmed it. And it's kind of sad looking at those clips because I, I I didn't know what was about to happen to me. Sure, And then... That nausea that I felt at five weeks and vomiting lasted until the day that Jean came out.
0: Oh, wow. Every day you would throw up?
1: Yeah, I think in there I probably pieced all together. Maybe 10 days of my pregnancy I didn't throw up.
0: Multiple times per day? or is Yeah. It, so when you would throw up, do you feel better afterwards?
1: Not for long. Just not a little long, tiny bit of long. relief? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, I'd never heard of it, and I was, you know, they say first, okay, it's the first trimester, just wait, just wait, and...
0: That's what your doctor would say or friends? Yeah,
1: yeah, anything I would read, they would say, oh, and my friends are like, you, second trimester, you're going to feel amazing. Golden. Golden, and I was just waiting for this veil to lift. Yeah. And then it was 13 weeks and 14 and 15 and 16, you know, and it was just like, and then I would have a day where I felt a little better. I I was vomiting... um, we figured out that I had to get um, about 60 IVs while I was Whoa. pregnant. You know, the yeah. dehydration was very painful. Not being able to keep anything down. I was eating things based on how I thought they would be to throw up. I, I hear that. Yeah.
0: Like on the way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like what sure. will
1: this be like when I yeah. throw it up? No because I will throw it up. So, yeah. <laughs> um, No.
0: What did you find does what was taste the- better on the way out?
1: Soup is good, uh, Mm. just you know, pureed soup. But it's uh, the same. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I mean, everything I threw up came out very much the same because it was usually wasn't digested. No, the worst thing I threw up was like this kind of deep dish pizza. Like anything (sighs) bread, any heavily breaded things were just tuna melts experience. Just, um, but it was um, (laughs) it was really sad, and it's like, and I also just kept thinking about how lucky I was because. A it was temporary. Sure. So this isn't a chronic illness. This has an end date, and, I, and B, I have the resources to keep myself and my baby alive. It's, it's like food poisoning for nine and a half months. It and sounds uh, so
0: awful. And it was and so awful. Women
1: lose their jobs, like fifty percent of women. Well, that's it. You're not you can't functional. work. Totally. Their marriages end. Right. And the and sorry if you already got this information, but up until not that long ago. Because there's no research on it, they just thought women were being kind of hysterical. Yes.
0: Oh, it's psychological.
1: That it was psychological and that it was for attention, that you didn't want the baby, that you wanted sympathy and the way that they would handle it is not that long. In like the sixties and seventies, they just made the women sit in their own vomit. And they would. Um, in the hospitals? Yeah. Wait, in wow. hospitals. Or psych wards. And tell them to like snap out of it. And uh, that's awful. Crazy. I,
0: you know when I posted on Instagram that I was going to do an episode on hyperemesis. Mm-hmm. The personal stories that came flooding in one after another after another. You could almost string the story together yeah. on how similar it is. Yeah. And how you know my husband didn't get it. My coworkers didn't get it. My boss didn't get it. My doctor didn't get it. Yeah that it was not morning sickness very few
1: doctors have any understanding of it and because there are so few studies like almost no studies right
0: and we're going to do a follow-up episode with Mm -hmm. experts talking about what we do know and hopefully what we can learn moving forward but just a couple of stats on it 70 to 80 percent of women experience some kind of nausea and vomiting during pregnancy, 35% with clinical significance, and then 30% require time off from work, but only 1.5% of pregnant women suffer from hyperemesis gravidarum. So,
1: yeah, I bet it's more than that. That's it, I'm sure. sure. Still, it's not a It's big,
0: a small percentage of, yeah. of overall, and so there's some border where you cross over, but it's clearly a very different experience yeah. than... Throwing up in the morning and feeling better, or just feeling nauseous periodically. Or Not just that the that's, first trimester, or, or just the first trimester. Did yours go all the way through? Yeah, the, the last day. day. Wow. And
1: that's why I had a C-section. I opted for a C-section, kind of the day that you could uh, so the day, f- day of thirty-nine weeks. Oh, you? Oh, wow! You I went, went to, to thirty-nine, weeks and oh. I said, "That's it."
2: It's amazing. You know, what was the impact emotionally? Like, it's amazing that you were able to have the wherewithal within that to say, like, this is temporary. Because, again, it's it's a risk factor for, yeah. you know, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders.
1: Totally. Well, reading about the children who come from it are usually fine. Right. There's a risk of low birth. but Like, there are these risks, but it's really just about the mom surviving. Yeah. And I tried every medication. Nothing worked at all. I got no, no relief, relief at all. No relief Nothing. from clages, Zofran, acupuncture, no. And I was doing everything. I was doing acupuncture. Right. I was doing everything I could. There are some studies that marijuana helps. Sure. And, you know, that's real controversial, but yes. I um think that it's less risky than it is to take tons of medications, sure. you know. So I support women who who want to use it. Is marijuana. it something you tried yourself? No, I have really bad lungs mm. so I can't smoke anything right. but there's the edible option. Right. So I would recommend women who have hyperemesis where you know for survival. There's you know there are no studies on marijuana. That's thing. people get nervous cuz and, no and they'll could you? never study it and they'll never study it. That's yeah, right. So um but then there's that's all this. My, that's my personal belief. But that's
2: belief. it. We need to first take it seriously that this is a real condition. Yeah. And then actually look at what we can do to help mm-hmm. alleviate those symptoms. I do
0: not know how you live in New York City. Like even oh, me. Goodness. Every <laughs> corner mean... is like sausage and falafel and, <laughs> yeah. and pretzels. Like <laughs> oh, I get. smells smells. <sighs> yeah.
1: It was so brutal. Mm-hmm. It's just. And I was on the road. I, I had a contract that I had to do these dates on the road. And so I wound up having to get rid of about, about half of them. Sure. Um,
0: how did you do the other half?
1: I vomited up until going on stage yeah. and then after. I never threw up on stage. Thank God. I threw up right before. I mean, there's video of me throwing up while they're saying my name. Okay. I'm just trying to
0: think, like, what goes through your head that morning? You got a show, you got an audience, and you feel like that.
1: Well, I felt pretty unapologetic <laughs> about it. I was just like, I'm so sick. I'm going to do my best and right. hurl my body on stage. But traveling, it was totally... Traumatizing, and there's, I think it's probably almost 100% of women who get it get actual PTSD. How how do you not? I don't know. I tried to, I tried to keep my spirits up, and you know, I always make jokes about when things are tough. But I knew it would end. But it was really, really hard. And I a couple times, just a couple times, just cried from feeling bad for myself. But other than that, I was out of my control. So I tried to not feel bad for myself and just kind of survive but i, I think, mean that's what other women with hyperemesis will say just survive that's sure it. Yeah. well
2: well and we don't give enough credence to survival like in the animal kingdom it doesn't matter if you were a <laughs> fighter or a runner if yeah. you survived survive. to live another day
1: yeah you were golden i want to survive i want this baby to For survive sure. and that was my focus
2: well and it's interesting because in your netflix special which we both saw which was yeah. amazing thanks you growing. kind of mm-hmm. were growing you made a comparison to megan but really oh, yeah. you, it's mm. you and kate as like two of that's the more right. public people out yeah. there who struggled with hyperemesis
1: yeah, I was like, you know, you want to find articles whatever I was looking for. I didn't see her like really speaking about it. Right. I think they I, spoke more about her. About yeah, like yeah. other people knew Yeah, we're right.
0: going to have to travel to London.
1: Go, guys. Go to Windsor. <laughs> Amy, come with. What do you mean? <laughs> all right. Yeah, just use my name. We'll get right. For, in. We'll
0: <laughs> <laughs> After all the things you said about her. Mhm. About <laughs> the queen. I like it. <laughs> Are there still foods you can't eat because of uh No. You're back to normal. I mean milk?
1: When the second gene was out of my body, it was gone. It melts away. And my friend had it and she wrote me this email when I was in my third trimester and my friend Mandy, because she had had hyperemesis and she said she just had her, her second baby and that the joy, like the immediate relief that you feel if you have hyperemesis and then once the baby's out is... She said, like, she had just gone to CVS to buy, like, pads or something, and she felt like she was walking into her prom. (laughs) Like, it was just this, and I felt that, too. And I was, you know, I had a fresh C-section, which had complications, and I just was so happy. I mean, other than just having a baby, which, you know, a couple people told me, the day you give birth is the best day of your life, and that was true for me, but... That relief, like you know, like oh, I was recovering from a C section. I'm like nothing will ever be, you know. It was torture.
0: Okay. How did your fans react? Were they supportive? Um, were they-
1: like to me canceling dates or stuff? Yeah, people are were pretty nice. They are just like take care of yourself. This nice. is bigger than that. And I, I mean, I was so like transparent. And the people who like me are most likely, you know, they're like 30s and above, and sure. so they're going through stuff too. So.
2: But that's great that people could have perspective, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm sure there were a couple. Uh, i bought this this The second time, I, you know, but because uh, I tried to reschedule, like I would feel good for an hour, and I'd be like, "I'm go, I'm I out. Can do it. Let's go." Yeah, right. book me in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, and it just. Yeah. I would definitely would not want to be that poor guy eating peanut M Ms. <laughs> yeah, front row. Yeah, with you having hyperemesis. That's well, true. and
2: I was even thinking, it's amazing that it melted away so quickly. Like I had severe like nausea. Yeah. Through all of our pregnancies. Yeah there are still certain dishes I can't look at really? that once had a food that made me nauseous Oh. that yeah, carried no.
1: over.
0: There's even songs.
1: There, there's <laughs> different TV shows I would a, let, wow. let the
2: kids
0: when watch. Kids will start singing the song. You're like, wow. It's, it's wild. Not happening.
1: No, it just right. was gone.
2: And like you said, like I could see how it could go both ways where yeah. it's just like you're just dancing the, and ah, there's the dancing. You're just dancing <laughs> in the streets so yeah. elated that that part has passed. Yeah. And then there's the PTSD side of what you had just been through, yeah, and I
1: I really like I don't know, and also people said you'll forget. They would go, wait till you've your next one, you're gonna forget. Everybody yeah. does it, and then they do it, and I'm like, I'm documenting it, so I'm not gonna forget. <laughs> right, <laughs> That's right. Um, but I really remember it. But I just was so excited about Gene and to not feel nauseous anymore that yes, it just stayed as elation. I definitely thought I was gonna have.
2: Well, um, and something so cool that you did was, it sounds like you gave yourself permission along the way to have those moments to break down and cry and to yeah, feel bad. Yeah, and to feel bad, even though
1: I'm luckier than right. a lot of women. But
2: but we need that realism because otherwise yeah. the body does just store it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, I let
1: it out. I did. And we went to therapy. Right, which is huge. I did um, Pilates the whole time. Oh, wow. I would go in and... We lived in a couple different places while I was pregnant. They we were renovating our apartment, which I don't know if you find that a lot of people do that. Like they just want to. Oh, yes. Yeah, totally. that, that's the thing oh, you yes. do, right? The I mean, nest. Okay. You got to build up the nest. Build the nest. So we were living. We lived in New Orleans Oh wow! for a couple months. We lived in Rhinebeck, New York. I was like going to go with the midwife at this birthing center. I just, you know, and it's like, that's why anytime now my friends are like, uh, my birth plan. I'm like, get out of here with your birth plan. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Gonna, yeah. You don't decide. Yeah, I don't know. We just kept the show on the road. Hmm. Right. A certain degree what you have
2: to do, right? We just put one foot in front of the other and we survive. Just survive. And
1: going to this Pilates studio in New Orleans and this woman, she had two kids and she would she was just getting me ready to give birth, you know, and and just kept me moving and I would throw up. You know, there was a garbage right there and I would. And it was so funny because you could tell she was a mom because I would throw up and there would be no like. She wouldn't stop. <laughs> no, exactly. She wouldn't be like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, Th- she that's right. You be should like, go okay, now. now you're here. I <laughs> and I was like, oh Yeah. Shit. Well, with she a core like that,
0: you probably have some very efficient throwing up skills.
1: Oh, I'm great. Yeah. I can especially on the road. I mean in the bag in mean, the car. What's funny is like how calm you know, I yeah. you know, it's like when you're throwing up so much, I'd be like, I'm gonna throw up yeah, like I've got about thirty seconds if you can pull over <laughs> you it's it's so, so calm a yeah. Like well, for me,
0: it's so violent. If I throw up, but the kids, they just open their mouth and blah. spew and keep okay. going.
1: Yeah, my other were both pretty violent. Yeah. And then also they say over eighty percent chance that you know you'll have, you'll it, have again. it again. Again, okay. Eighty percent chance, let's, over eighty, uh, over eighty.
0: Let's take another little break. Sure. And we'll talk about your birth and postpartum experience. All right. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Amy Schumer. So you mentioned uh, for a minute talking about midwives and possibly out-of-hospital births. What kind of um, research did you do there? Was it any books you read, documentaries you watched, an amazing podcast that you might have listened (laughs) to?
1: You got me through. You held my hand through this pregnancy. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Expecting Better by Emily, Emily Oster. By Emily Oster. So that was really helpful to me. That just... Tells you, you know, she's an economist and she just like kind of gives you the actual studies that have been done rather than just going off of sort of folklore. Right, real data. Yeah, So just real saying, no, no, data.
0: no, no, you can't do this again. <laughs> right. Breathe, hear, no, it was like, like this is
1: fine. There's never been anything or, you know. Right. But also realistic, you know. She's like, don't like eat oysters every day. <laughs> <Okay>.
3: um,
1: <laughs> but uh, every other day. But yeah, yeah that's fine. And uh, just talk to everybody who's ever had a kid. And then we got a... And we had a doula early on who uh, I knew I wanted a doula. For labor. For labor and and maybe after. Sure. And, uh, so Domino Kirk. Is was, your doula? Was my doula. Mm. And she was amazing. She has a oh, carriage house. Yeah. That's her. I knew hers. that name was familiar. Yeah. She has some partners. That's, um. And yeah, like I just couldn't recommend more. That like I just think every woman who has the option of having a doula, it's it's such a huge thing. It's just, you know, to have an advocate who's been in there so many times, rather than you've never given birth before, you don't know how to sort of speak up for yourself. That's right. Or what to even speak up about. Yeah, and she just comforted me. It's just somebody who kind of helps tell you how it might go down, and she. It was just kind of running us through the options, and I right away like was thinking, I think I'm just gonna have a c section and an at Lenox Hill, and that's what I was feeling like I was gonna do. And I, I've had so many friends who've been induced, they've waited, they've been over, they induced, nothing happens, and they wind up with these 36 to 48 hour sort of nightmares where they get a c section at the end anyway. That's right, mm-hmm. the worst scars on all sides. Mm-hmm. So I just Thought I was gonna get a C-section and then just talking to different people, you know. Everyone's like, I'm not giving you advice, I'm not pressuring you. But really, everywhere I turned, people were like, You should try and get as much labor as possible. An epidural is fine, but it'll slow it down. And um, if you can, the best thing for you would be as natural as possible and with a midwife and breastfeeding. <laughs> And that just kind of got in my head, and I was like, all right, let's try this. And so we moved up to Rhinebeck, New York, and we're living near this birthing center and got a midwife, and we were doing it that way. And so kind of no more gynecological appointments in the third trimester. And
0: Was there a a contrast for you on medical model versus midwific model?
1: I think just in practice, it's like, you know, the midwife measures your belly, so it's... You know, no sonograms. Uh, they can check out your cervix if you want. And, uh, yeah, like, f- they'll feel for where the head is. You know, it's just right. different. A little
0: more hands-on?
1: Definitely more hands-on. And for me, I, I didn't love that, actually. I didn't, mm-hmm. like, it. everything hurt anyway. So for somebody to be sort of digging into your right abdomen, like, here's that. You know, it's like, oh, okay. I can just mm-hmm. know where it is. And, you know, the very practical and you could tell it's like it's tough to get things through to women who are pregnant in terms of when you're you're gonna have some contractions and they might not be the thing and you know the encouragement of like don't go to the hospital the second you have your first contraction and yeah. you know just the advice of you'll know when you're in labor and it was hard for me because because I was so sick and dehydrated and I was having contractions 30 weeks uh, that's it your muscles were probably so twitchy they were just twitchy yeah and And then I just got to the point where I was so so sick and it just felt risky to me and even though the birthing center has an operating room and they have yeah it's in there unique yeah they have they had doctors at the ready if you need a c-section or anything but my instincts were just like no I want to go back to Manhattan right you came back to the city came back to the city and like a couple days later, went into let Hill. And I was going to be induced when I was 39 weeks. And I was talking to my acupuncturist, mm-hmm. whatever. And I was just like, I know I'm going to wind up needing a C-section. and And I did get a C-section. And when they opened me up, you know, saw that I had endometriosis. Like, re, I have really bad endometriosis, and they were kind of in- amazed that I was even able to carry a baby. I think anybody who, if they had opened me up before, because I considered getting a laparoscopy, or you know, because the only way you really know if you have endometriosis, they have to open you up.
0: You have to look inside. You gotta look, right?
1: And so I just opted to not do that, and I was just like, oh, I'll just go back on birth control. But uh,
0: you felt like you're gonna end up, yeah. In a and singer. so
1: what they found was. That I would no question have had to have a c-section anyway Uh, anyway and so so I was really glad that that I opted for that so you ended up skipping the induction and went straight for the totally yeah skipped the induction went right for the c-section
0: what was it like for you
1: it was a rainy Sunday and I woke up vomiting and was like the sickest I've been the whole time so you were ready and I was like I can't I can't do this anymore and uh I was so big and I was so miserable and couldn't keep anything down and and my acupuncturist came over that morning. We just talked. You know, we've been working together for like 10 years. Sure. Her name's Vicki Vicky Lee. Mm. And uh, she was like, I think you should just have a C-section. Time. And I was like, okay. And then I talked to my friend Amber Tamblin, who had had a C-section. And she told me things that she wished she'd been told, which were that Chris wouldn't be in the room with me while they did the actual cutting. That it would just be. Is that oh, a really? for sure thing in New York?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Because that's not a thing. Would given. you have wanted him there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I was happy knowing that he wasn't there. Beforehand. um The doula and Chris, like, I was in there for about 45 minutes before they came in. That when they um, give you the anesthesia. The epidural? Yeah, the epidural, mm-hmm. that you'll get really cold right? Mm-hmm. Um and you'll be shaking and I was really glad I knew that so I didn't panic. And I was throwing up through the whole first hour of my wow. C section. Oh, it's supposed wow. to take about an hour and a half or something. Mine took well, over three hours because, because of, of my endometriosis. What they found inside. Yeah. And that was really scary. The uh the anesthesiologist got off his shift in the middle of my oh, wow. <laughs> C section. So I knew like there was a shift changeover. Cool. And that was scary. Yeah. Uh, and my sister was there, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law. You know, they were there before I went in, then I went in. And, and then Chris and my doula were in there standing around my right. head. And they, you know, Chris knew not to look over the curtain. Yeah. Um,
0: well, so you had a lot of people as they were bringing the baby out.
1: As they are bringing the baby out, I had Chris and I had my doula
0: oh, nice. in the
1: room. Um, yep. I'm so glad
2: you spoke to your friend beforehand. Having me too. Having awareness of what to expect. Yeah, that at- was really good info. And even yeah.
1: like, you know, I, like laying there with... Um, the epidural and vomiting it's you know turning your head like it was really hard but I was glad I knew that was a possibility and but the thing was you know she told me and like how quickly it happens you know and that's that's what's cool too but for me it took a lot longer and I was starting to get worried because it was taking so long but it was because of my Endometriosis. Did they do
0: things surgically to treat your endometriosis at the same no, time? Wouldn't no, wouldn't that have been cool? Yes. Yeah. I'm like, did it. you get
1: anything out of there? No. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. They because you know your uterus is supposed to contract after you have the baby, but mine didn't at all. It oh, was wow. really globular and they had to get it back in there. And it was kind of brutal. Yeah, that was scary. But Chris was so great. Yeah, we just stared in each other's eyes and like he just kind of held me there. Yeah. And then and then they let me hold Jean for a good amount of time. Like, you know, I got to see him and hold him, but then then they gave him back to me after they did everything they needed to do. The because I was in like, for so long. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so later that day your nausea went away?
1: Oh, immediately.
0: Like right away. Yeah.
1: Sounds like an hour in it stopped. It's, yeah. It's right. Right. As yeah. as soon as he was out. Yeah. So incredible. It was gone and I felt it. I felt and it. And you go felt away. that change. Yeah. And there are theories that have not been substantiated, but that it might it's probably the placenta. Right. Something with the placenta that's um, I was reading more. that we also. We gotta
0: do more. We have to know.
1: Had <laughs> you picked out the name beforehand? Jean was my husband's mom's name who passed away. Oh. Yeah. Spelled differently, but that's where we got Gene from. Mm, that's really special. Yeah.
0: Sounds like Jean. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Right sounds the same mm-hmm. um, i actually have a video my doula took pictures and she took pictures over the over the curtain over the curtain and so she didn't even know she did this but it's one of those things where when you hold down the picture you can see the second they took him out of me oh that's, wow
0: that's
2: yeah. a, right it's like that moving harry potter picture
1: now yeah exactly <laughs> do they offer Wait, you that a that? clear
0: drape because they do that now sometimes <gasps> do they really yeah. ready would you yeah. Yeah.
1: okay ready Is that crazy? Oh, my gosh, Amy, that's amazing. Isn't it cool to have that? Yeah. It made me feel really powerful just to see. It
0: kind of looks like a movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Somehow.
1: And
2: you are powerful. Look what you did to bring him into this world.
1: I'm a warrior. You
2: are. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it made me just feel like all women are. And people being like, oh, my God, how could you work during that? And it's like you would do the same thing. It's like we would all. That's it. That was your first act of motherhood. Actually, and they told my sister, like, they were like, okay, we're wheeling her out. She's on pain meds now. So she's probably going to be out of it. She won't sound like herself. And then you hear me coming down the hall and I'm like, men can't do it <laughs> <laughs> Women can do everything. <laughs> Women are warriors. It's true.
0: I always said if men had the babies, then houses would be cheaper. Yeah.
1: you only have you one, one baby. Be. There'd be a lot less one people baby. roaming yeah. around.
0: How was your recovery from the cesarean and in general, the postpartum period for you?
1: It was scary, I mean, it hurt. There, there's like very little sympathy for, not within my own home, but just I think for people in general, because again, it's a temporary thing. I don't know. It's like you're going to recover, you know, so other people who've even had a C-section, I get it. Like right now, if somebody was like, I had a C-section like two days ago, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But it right. is temporary, you know, but no, it's, but it's a really big deal. No, it, and it it's is a, a big crazy deal. crazy surgery. Well, and,
2: and I think it's wild because we do so much as a society when we see a pregnant woman like yeah. we'll get up and we'll open doors and we'll come out right. of the woodworks but it's like once the baby's out it's like dude you're on yeah your
1: own. No, you did it now you're right
2: <laughs> and the fact that you've just been through major abdominal surgery yeah. like, doesn't seem to weigh in and i don't oh, no. know why
1: you know just trying to the first three months yeah it was just like trying to get our footing and right. figure it out and you know like just tons of guilt and yeah and joy and emotions i was just an oh. open wound every for, emotion three months at least. And also it's, it's hard. And something I would advise people is don't have people over. Mm. Uh, And because you're even like people who, you know, really care about you, whatever, like they want to see the baby. But what that means is that you essentially are hosting a party. Right. You know, they come over, you go, do you want a drink? Do you want, you know, oh, yeah, I'll have a coffee. You know, and you're like, I just had a C-section. I don't, why am I making someone no, coffee? No, 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 mm-hmm. right. That's backwards. So um, I would just limit it to like no one, you know, the smallest amount of people the first three months for no, health and for your yeah. own sanity.
2: And you're 100% right. I mean, my big platform is reclaiming postpartum mm-hmm. and recognizing it as a transition and its own entity Right. that has its own rules and the rituals. Fourth trimester.
1: For sure. Yeah.
2: And that recognition that, People who come over are only helpful if they're there to take care of you.
1: Yeah, only come over if you're here to help.
2: 100%.
1: And Chris being a chef, and he read First 40 Days and all these. Is it Ina May? The First 40 Days, that's Han, right? Oh, yeah. But all these other books, and he just made really nourishing bone broths and soups. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, and I just got myself better and just relax and really tried to rest and take care of myself and yeah you know I'm lucky enough to have a baby nurse had, had somebody here 24 hours a day which huge that's just the biggest gift of i don't know I, I don't understand how unless you've been doing it to know how to give your baby a bath to know that the umbilical cord is gonna fall off fall on its own off. just all these things that you just it's just here's your baby bye that's and right. i just felt very supported because i'm lucky because of yeah. my resources
0: I think that when people have nausea and vomiting all through pregnancy, mm-hmm. it plays with your emotions hardcore. Yeah. And so it sets you up for having a potentially more difficult postpartum emotionally as well. Oh. But it sounds like you put in place a lot of support. Like you married a really chef. Yeah, it, I really I married
1: a chef. Is it too late? Our doula was around like a couple weeks after and, you know, when I was um, pumping, you know sure. I, I uh wanted him to get the colostrum and and then pumping uh,
0: instead of breastfeeding
1: yeah yeah I had a lactate like we had a lactation expert come over and whatever but he didn't latch and I just didn't feel that push to make that happen and then you know I pumped for like I don't know like the first month or something part of the warrior you to do that yeah and then I was like not for me right this is not for me and I, I didn't want to do it and and we were giving him Similac, and then actually Serena Williams uh, kind of yelled at me and was like, there's a lot of sugar in that. And even though, <laughs> you know, it's great and he was meeting his milestones on Similac, we switched him to Holly, H-O-L-L-A. Oh, yeah. which European. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, just his less, some less sugar. And, you know, he did great on that. And so I really encourage women to, there's just, a, there's so much pressure to breastfeed, but really it's all in your head. So, well, do, and, and do society <laughs>
2: and cultural, but I'm so proud of you because I joked that my first book is going to be called "You're More Than a Pair of Boobs." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and for moms to know that being a mom no, and a happy, healthy mom. Mm-hmm.
1: And I and some people like absolutely love it, and I'm so happy for them. Sure. And I just it was bumming me out, right? But then I was also like kind of proud doing it and whatever, and getting him the milk and stuff. And then once it occurred to me that I could stop, mm-hmm. I was like. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I yes, love and that. then yeah, and then you know, every week what I did was just took away one session of the pumping. So because you matter, yeah, because you matter, and it's gonna be better for your baby. That hundred percent. Okay. And I just um, and I feel really lucky that me not getting postpartum and not having this like dark period was also. I just think if I didn't have all the help and support, if I didn't, you know, I had someone here teaching us and Chris and. And he was an easy little infant and uh I think and, and having a doula, you know, I just yeah, and, and it's a little the, village. I had a village. Yeah, and and that's it, it also, um I felt so lucky and Chrissy Turlington has this charity, Every Mother Counts, mm-hmm. and they help underserved women have a birthing expert with them when they give birth because a lot of women don't have any sort of even medical professional. No way. Yeah, and so I've been feeling good about giving back through that and uh, we're creating an anthology of birth stories. You guys have to be involved and For all sure. the money goes to Every Mother Counts, but yeah. all these celebrities and all the different, you know, women from all walks of life are doing it. So that's great. No, we yeah. Love that. Yeah.
0: I think there's a, a tremendous amount of judgment about all the. De- I don't know why, but during pregnancy, during postpartum, about you know how you give birth, where you give birth,
1: yeah, how
0: you feed your baby, um, and there's it's, that's just the beginning. All these mommy new voice. things, yeah, mommy wars for some reason. And I just love that you kind of listen to the voice inside you, yeah. and, and get and honored that voice and Thanks. just made your own decision. Yeah, really it is cool. like has
1: to be a conscious decision because yeah. there is so much pressure on you. Also the. Questions people ask, like people are so invasive while well, you're pregnant. What's your plan? Are you 100%. breastfeeding? That's so personal and none of anyone's business. And I now, when I see a pregnant woman, like I just don't ask her anything. Right. I'm just like, congratulations! <laughs> I'm so excited for you. And that's, that's the best.
0: It. Yeah, like, if she wants to share, she will.
1: Go ahead, ask yeah. anything. I'll tell you anything, but I'm not gonna.
0: I mean, I'm gonna write a book for dads called "You're More Than Just a Pair of Man Boobs." Oh. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs>
1: That, it could be the sequel. really, uh, there's a high demand for that. His but, and hers.
2: Well, and you know, you doing you paves away and gives people permission that that's so, allowed.
1: All generation was raised on formula. Yeah, and in and the studies choice. aren't. They're not so black and white that.
0: No, formulas, you know, evolved a lot over the years. Right. And um, yeah, there's pros and cons to both. Totally. What in
2: this world is as black and white as we pretend it to be? Just the cookie. Yeah. Just or the, the cookie. Right. Only that cookie. <laughs> no, but, but informed choice. Like, mm-hmm. again, it's your body. And right. we come back to this notion that baby wants a healthy, happy mom more than anything. Yeah. And everyone's going to find that in a different path. Mm-hmm. So you do your homework and then you do what feels right for it. your
1: family. And I, for the first three months, didn't work and was just with the baby and and that was a really beautiful time and then i went back to work and i shot a movie and i was really nervous about going back to work i couldn't imagine that i was going to leave the house like and only see him for a certain and um the fear was worse than it was in practice as it usually is yeah yeah and there were there were some moments where i felt physically ill you know being away from him and like you know feeling sad i didn't see him enough that Wow, at um, three
0: months. I don't think I had lost the baby weight yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could have been on camera. Did I you? haven't
1: lost the college weight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. You guys are a good pair. Yeah. No, you I, insisted
0: just... on getting pregnant again before I lost the weight from the first well, one. Well, then that's on you. That's hey, on listen. Baby. But
1: going back to work, it was something that I talked to a lot of my friends, and everyone's like, it sucks, but it's also empowering, and it's good to go back to feeling like a person. And I've really enjoyed it. And I don't think I would be able to sustain just being with him. Without working and, and, and nice, feeling happy for right. that long. Yeah. And
2: how nice that you have those options. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: What Different are you? Different
0: kinds of uh, satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, coming next from Amy Schumer?
1: Uh, well, we have our podcast on Spotify mm-hmm. Three Girls, One Keith. Three Girls, One Keith. <laughs> and
0: um, you have your birth doc. Here, I got right? a
1: birth doc coming out <laughs> on HBO Max. Um,
0: Is there a name for it?
1: Expecting Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, appropriate yeah and then I just started production on TV show for Hulu on oh. um, pre-production. we're writing it, so starring, directing,
0: writing it. So when you jump
1: into work Comedy. you yeah. jump into work like, yeah I don't really mess around yeah I
0: see that. yeah. and then a movie. What book? was the movie?
1: The movie's called the Humans and it was a play on Broadway and they turned it into a movie. and so that'll be out next year. That's and incredible. that was a good time for that movie. It was it's a more of a drama so
0: drama with comedy
1: there's some laughs little but little laugh, it's pretty dramatic yeah
0: i just watch cable news for that drama oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's why i love there's that you make comedy it. yeah all the time
1: well my shows are both awesome yeah, that's great
0: well we'll be able to get our amy fix yeah in the coming year no um, problem with that. i'm really grateful for you that you joined us on the podcast
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having this podcast.
0: And that you shared your personal story. And I know that you did it to be able to help other people with hyperemesis. And it is so poorly understood and under-supported. So we will do an, a follow-up episode. And I'm going to keep on top of it. Just see Thank where you. we can push, too. push the spotlight. Yeah. And uh, try to get help for people who are struggling with it now and see if we can do better in the future. At home, thanks for listening to our podcast. For more trendy pregnancy and parenting media, visit us at informedpregnancy.com or on Instagram at Dr. Berlin. D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N. <laughs>